The Open Nesters is a weekly podcast focusing on couples and individuals who are looking for new beginnings after their kids have left the nest. This week on the Open Nesters podcast with Michelle St. Jane. So I've learned to transmute those dark times into wise ways and focus on I can either go through it or grow through what could well be transformational opportunities. That's that's really where I'm at. Believe you me, there are sometimes that's a really difficult part, but other ways I found like breaking down every decade of my life that yeah, there's been challenges, but so much wisdom has come come out of that. And I also can celebrate and validate the wisdom that it's brought me. And as a mother and grandmother, I'm in the business of wisdom transference to other generations. So I'm not really sure if Michelle found me or I found her on LinkedIn, but we're very, very different. I mean, my work is much more embodiment work and sexuality and relationships. And you'll listen to this wonderful interview at the beginning, maybe a little bit geeky because she is she biohacks her health as she ages in a really cool way. But stay tuned until the end. There's a lot to learn from this, even about transferring wisdom that you can learn a lot from. I was uh, fascinated by uh, Michelle simply because she just a living proof that anybody can change at any stage, even in the open nester stage. So let's hear it from Michelle St. Jean. Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast, Dr. Michelle St. Jean. I see your doctor title in there, but you've been so casual and fun with me on our interviews that I'm happy to welcome you to our podcast. <laughs> How are you today? I am better and better, Tessa. What an honor and a privilege to share the mic with you today. Wonderful, wonderful. So, so Michelle uh, comes to us originally from New Zealand with her beautiful accent, living in Bermuda for many, 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 many years. And now you'll talk about how many kids and now grandkids you have. And I love the fact that you came from being an attorney and now you are this TEDx woman speaker and podcaster and an Amazon author and a global impact, the selling Amazon author and a global impact connector because of the legacy and legends that you're creating for women at this stage of life. And that's what we're all about for women to really step into that pro-age rebel, which is what I like to call it. And that's what we're doing together. Absolutely. Tell us about that journey and how you got to where you feel like you are today. Wow. Well, personally, I think one of the big things that have helped me has been listening to the wildness of my heart, you know, that call of the soul, having the courage to follow that inner compass. But being a mother and a grandmother are important parts of my identity. My children are Gen X and millennials and my grandchildren are Gen Zs and Gen As or Gen Alphas. So that helps me keep focused on my commitment to examine my past so that I can create a future of um, steps in the digital sands online, but also in my lifeline as well. So how did I get there? Well, personally, I've been uh, widowed and divorced, and professionally, I've had four diverse careers, you know, from the sort of traditional lawyer, general counsel to a multinational, through to doing my doctorate in my 50s and pivoting into podcasting in my 60s. So beautiful. And and, and so your kids have witnessed you change. I mean, 
Well, you would that you would still a lawyer when you were raising them and four kids. That's you know a lot a lot of hard work. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, back in the day, last century, I was parenting by text and email as I had to do a lot of overseas business trips. Uh, we already have a second lawyer in the family, uh, so the batons passed off to this next generation. And who knows? Maybe in the third generation there will be another one. I was the first in my family to to take on higher education, and in fact, my children would lament, "What are you studying now?" And when I finished my doctorate in my 50s, they're like, there's nothing else you can do, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, Who, right. Knows? <laughs> Who knows what's next? <laughs> so, so would you say, have any of them expressed that pride in you? And like, have they learned from you? Do you know that they have that? Any of them have that kind of big curiosity as they age? <laughs> well, it's really interesting to watch them developing themselves, but I don't believe they see the parallels. Now, interestingly enough, I have a Gen Z grandson. And uh, for those of you who are not necessarily following the Alpha Getty of the other generations, um, I'm a late boomer. So I'm very plugged into tech and a watcher of intergenerational uh uh, events and particularly about myth perception busting. So I have a Gen Z grandson. Now they're not far behind millennial consumers, but they're hyper connected to the world. So they're also strongly interested in learning about personal finance and have an appetite for finance mm. education. So Interesting enough, when I pivoted into podcasting at 60, um, I didn't tell anyone until I got it up. It took me eight weeks. And then he's like, you're podcasting? And then he identified I was in the top 10% of uh, business podcasters. And as a YouTuber, he's like, I want to know your strategies. A secret confession here. I delayed that conversation because I wasn't sure what my strategies were. <laughs> but what I'm really passionate about is there's now five generations in the workforce. So making visible the invisible women and also the fact that, you know, there are millions of us grandmothers who are still actively contributing to the world. So I just love intergener intergenerational collaborations. Now, my granddaughter is a Gen A, so I love to be an example for her of what's possible. What is Gen A? I mean, you have to help me with this. So Z, Z finished, and A is what age is? I don't know these things yet. I'm not a grandma. Sure. Well, in, 28, in 2018, Gen Z, the first of the Gen Zs joined the workforce. Now, Generation Alpha, or Gen A, is 2010 to the 2020s. So they're the youngest children on the planet. But by 2025, there'll be nearly 2 billion of them. So they're across the globe. Um, they've never been more critical. They're raised in homes with smart speakers, technology everywhere. They've experienced the global pandemic, the interruption of school, and I think they're going to be very passionate about the social justice movement. Well, I pray that with global food shortages and, and honestly, if you think about mental health in the world right now, pandemic having exacerbated that and, and then in the Ukraine and mass graves again, I mean, I, I, we need more love and we need more intention and consciousness. And, and certainly I'm glad to hear that this kind of work is something you're doing. So I'd love like an example to talk about how how we can get involved in that kind of work, like multi-generational work to, for us to be able to learn from each other. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you a little bit about a project I'm working on right now. It's not for public consumption, but in essence, I would um, 
I will share just a tidbit. So anyone interested in learning more should connect with me on the social channels. But I'm involved in a global brand action project focused on saving the world from the position of sustainability that engages every person. If you consider the empty seat at the table is really the 8 billion of us humans. Uh, so this is a grassroots um, project uh, top up, but we are aligning. Um, Bermuda has just announced last year of being um, in the business of climate risk financing. So we're a kind of companion piece. Climate risk financing? Okay, yeah, so I'm... Hurricane, term, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dealing with hurricanes, um, catastrophic risks in the world. Bermuda underwrites a lot of them. So in essence, just to define it, sustainability means the regenerative use of resources that sustain our needs today without compromising the needs of future generations of all species. So it's so Bermuda. You being in that place gives you a lot of access to the fact that they are they one of the spearheads in this risk in this global risk. Um, for you know, in, in well, definitely Bermuda has been the world's capital of catastrophic risks. Um, my project that I'm working on is um, being HQ'd here because Bermuda is a green country with a blue economy. We don't have industry here. Uh, we also have the Sargasso Sea, which is an ocean within an ocean that also holds the largest carbon sinkhole in the world. So in essence, if you mess up the carbon sinkhole, we no longer can breathe. So I'm in a 100-day countdown on this global action brand and it's about motivating and connecting individuals everywhere for the fight for sustainability so we're going to be incorporating advanced digital uh, technologies sophisticated marketing strategies and capturing people's interest in how they can be committed to sustainability and also organizations through this lifestyle brand. So this is just a dropping a little hint and also just an indication that no matter what age you are, what you're passionate about, and as a socio-environmental imagineer, I'm passionate about people and planet and the earth. Socio-environmental imagineer. Wait, I love this. this thing. Can you say it again? Socio-environmental imagineer. I'm passionate about people, planet, and near-Earth near orbit. Um, and what a fun thing to do. So as I said, I'm a late boomer, but I've always been an early adopter of technology. Uh, secret confession, that started with games like Tetris, <laughs> amongst <laughs> others. So my, my children were very quickly involved because... I used to barter, um, barter ways through different levels for chores and, um, you know, good grades and things like that. Okay. So now I have grandchildren, of course, who are digital natives. And, uh, yeah, I'm not saying I'm 100% savvy in every area I'm on a need-to-know basis, but with those intergenerational collaborations, uh, you, you can uh, get what you need. Because really, especially for myself as a woman and a mother of daughters and a granddaughters, I just want to show them that you can be a living legend. You can be a vivid visionary and you can invest your time and talent and treasure into a world that holds promise in the way that you'd like to see it. Well, we need the hope because if without it, that the, the mental illness and the way we model for our children is going to continue because when we stay hopeless in a world that is so difficult and has so many global issues and so much strife and so much neglect and hate the idea of coming from a love place is that you know embodied place a place of 
of breathing into our hearts and knowing that what's around us can be good. And so I don't, I love this intellectual discussion because it's taking me way out of my comfort zone. And it's great from having, for me to have Michelle here. And, you know, as, as far as what I've also read, and I also work with seniors and centenarians in doing mindfulness work. I wonder how you see that because you said, I, I actually didn't know the statistics that you so graciously shared about the Gen A and I'm thinking about centenarians are going to be a huge growing population. So talk about this incredible mass of resources that we can tap. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, when you think about how we can do it. So I would love more instruction from you of how we can help too. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what I love is the fact that we, we're living in a time of such medical advancements that there's no reason to be worrying about dementia mm. and every reason to be curious and to go on an adventure. So I have two tools that I use that I'd like to share if I'm okay with you. Um, first of all, I really like to biohack myself. And uh, so two tools that I use to do that is an hour ring and an hour ring, O-U-R-A, is incredibly powerful on helping me track sleep Sleep is my super genius. Now, the other one I use is a lumen, which helps me increase my metabolic flexibility. And the third thing I'm doing, and these are what I'm currently doing, is sophrology. Now, sophrology is an alternative holistic health approach. It helps me um, maintain and and nurture clarity of mind. It helps me build better sleep habits and gain inner happiness. In other words, all these tools help me to learn to know myself. The current research predominantly is done on men. Uh, and that's incredibly valuable. They're half the world. But what's not incredibly valuable is for the other half of us. Um, so I have discovered that biohacking myself, when somebody, is, when um, a medical professional is encouraging me to follow a certain track um, or, you know, so, uh, a helping professional, say, with um, like a personal trainer saying, do this, do that. I know what is age appropriate for me by their wisdom, but I also know what is normal for me through the tools that I use, like Lumen, Aura. And also by using something like sophrology, I'm able to connect mind, body and spirit in a way that is easy to disconnect in an overconnected world and an information, uh, you know, overwhelm as well. Can you give us an example of any of those, like how you use them and what is, for example, sophrology, mind, body, interest to me, obviously. So what, give me a tool, the, the actual practice of what that is. Absolutely. Well, sophrology, I work with somebody doing that and I can give you the link if you'd like. Um, I'll send it to you. But basically, I work with a sophrologist learning different modalities that combine meditation, neuro movements, uh, physical movements that are connecting my mind, body and soul. So in essence, I activate my capacities to to uh, provide for myself. I activate my capacities to uh, believe in in future making. I activate my capacity to connect my body. Uh, as a type AAA workaholic, I can work for hours and then find myself in extreme fatigue and pain. 
but I don't realize it until after I've marathoned. So that was one of the flags for me to realize I need to connect my body with my spirit and my mind, because if I get too much into my mind, um, I'm very happy <laughs> doing all of that. But most importantly, connecting to inner happiness, connecting to cellular intelligence has become more important to me. We're now moving into this age of energy and I want to connect the healthiest uh, in the healthiest ways to my energy and identify how I can learn and evolve. Uh, the Lumen um, is quite an amazing tool because it measures my metabolic flexibility. But what I particularly value in this is every time I exercise like a beach walk or I eat certain foods, I can start to track which foods uh, benefit my body and which foods don't by the way my metabolism reacts. So can you imagine in real time knowing um, there are certain foods you should not be eating because they, they affect your metabolism, whereas other foods uh, could benefit your metabolism, right? So it's not about allergies. It's about how your body responds to the certain foods you eat. Now, it's the same thing. Um, uh, can also be exercise, like does your metabolism appreciate by you exercising in the morning or night, middle of day. So you can take these bio measurements at different time to see what is your biorhythm and the best benefit of the activities that you do at the time you do it. Now, the hour ring, O-U-R-A, has been um, such a benefit because I'm able to measure my REM my, my REM sleep, deep sleep, light sleep, I'm able to measure how many breaths I take at night. And of course, sleep. how do you measure it? How, how do you actually, what, what is the measurement tool? Oh, you have a it's ring. A ring okay. full of, yeah. So a ring that connects to a device that gives me an update. So can you imagine if you wake up in the morning and you've been very low on REM sleep? Well, REM is about your mind, your brain, how your brain's working. So if I find my REM sleep is low or high, then I reorganize my day around that. If my deep sleep is low or high, I reorganize my physical activities around that. Um, if my, and of course, a very valuable measurement is the heart rate variance, HRV. Uh, it's about the coherence, about your heart, how it's functioning. And it's a more valuable measurement than your blood pressure. So I'm not a, not a doctor, I'm not giving medical advice, but I certainly want to share great technology. And of course, the ring is on your finger as opposed to something on your wrist or a BP cuff measuring the top of your arm. This is actually a more accurate measurement. Because our hands carry our heart and our blood flow. Like I know that just from meditation. So um, Absolutely. But it is also a more accurate measurement of your BP, your heart rate variance, and other bio data. So there's a whole lot. I'll send you links to those three. Wonderful. We'll put them in the blog. You really are an early adapter. And it's so interesting because we always all come from our own perspective. And, and how do we come out of the discomfort of what we can integrate to be new and curious? And so for me, for example, I was always a little resistant when I was spinning around bikes. I didn't want the measurement. I wanted to feel how I feel. Yes. And so that's okay too. Like, I feel like because of that, I'm very tuned in to how my body is feeling and how it's connected. And I have a lot of coherence. I feel most of the time, a lot of coherence in that. And yet I love the fact that for some people who maybe have been so heady all their lives, that they, that they can use the tools that may help them. And this is, this is showing us such a great way to age. I mean, this is such a fascinating discussion because you are exactly this 
really, like I said at the beginning, a pro-age rebel. Yeah, and you're so brilliant about how you put it all together. So thank you. Well, again, some of these things came about because um, I actually took a fall and my blood pressure went up and I've never had high blood pressure. So when I was being somewhat pushed to go on a BP med, which actually would have had side effects, very bad side effects, side effects to the point where it would make my quality of life decrease dramatically, uh, it's what fueled me to say, well, how can I figure out what's out there and then a a dear friend of mine in San Francisco said, well, have you had a fall? Because literally if you fell and put your neck out, that will put your blood pressure up. So remedying your neck may resolve that. And that was how I went, remedied my neck. And then I was like, well, you know, being in a lot of pain and being driven towards symptom suppression not a resolution, uh, made me say, okay, how do I get best information? And I had been following the hour ring for a couple of years. But after that, that fall, it was like, what can support my life with the real information I need at this age, this stage, that isn't about dating me or saying people your age with your profile need to do this. Now I know what's normal for me. A lot of a lot of great, great, great information. The Radio Vagabond. If you like to travel but haven't really been able to too much in recent times, let me do it for you. Meet Paula Bow, a full-time traveler and digital nomad from Denmark on an epic journey around the world. So far, I've been to almost 100 countries, so I'm halfway in my quest to visit every country in the world. Join me, and maybe you'll get some inspiration for your next trip. The Radio Vagabond. Gotta keep moving. And we will be reconnecting with Palebo, the Radio Vagabond, in the month of May. So stay tuned for that particular episode. And so how, um, how, else, how, how would you talk about the relationships in your life, Michelle? And what do you look forward to? Because I believe so much that, that that's a big part of fulfillment and happiness. And so how, how are your relationships or what do you look forward to in your relationships? Well, I'm blessed with four beautiful children and four beautiful grandchildren. Uh, in terms of um, I'm very blessed with a wonderful circle of global friends, the uh, you know, the technology has made it possible to stay really connected and enjoy those types of relationships. But in terms of my personal life, um, I've been both widowed and divorced. Um, so I'm open to adventure. I just haven't figured out how to do it uh, post-pandemic. But I think it's time to expand and adopt a new perception of what that looks like. So dating uh, in my 60s is, is going to be uh, a new exploration and definitely some learning, uh, possibly more likely next year than this year because I do have that new startup I'm working on. But I do realize that that is a gap in my life. Now, it would be very easily easy to be seduced. Oh, you're in your 60s, you're older, blah, blah, blah doesn't quite work for me. I have had wonderful relationships and um, I really want to not discount that being in my life. New skills to learn. Definitely. And, and look, the, the touch is important. I'm glad you have grandchildren because if we don't have touch, I mean, it, it is something that sustains us in, in any way. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear you're so open in that way. And maybe this philosophy that I know is a big part of your 
what you wrote in your life experiences when you wrote me all kinds of great things about yourself. Um, that that you faith 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 it until you make it or fake it till you make it. And how how does faith actually enter your your um, your philosophy of life? Well, thank you for asking. You know, I've had, having been widowed, having been divorced, having had four careers, and um, certainly faced some dark times and endured and enjoyed some other times. Um, in essence, faith it to you make it is my mantra. I have always been a woman of prayer, and I have also had a, had a practice of contemplation, meditation, and yoga. And what I've found is they help me stay in the present. They keep me out of the fear of the future, which is anxiety, and they keep me away from depression, which is too much rear vision viewing the past. So I've learned to transmute those dark times into wise waves and focus on I can either go through it or grow through what could well be transformational opportunities. That's that's really where I'm at. Believe you me, there are some times that's a really difficult part, but other ways I found like breaking down every decade of my life that, yeah, there's been challenges, but so much wisdom has come, come out of that. And I also can celebrate and validate the wisdom that it's brought me. And as a mother and grandmother, I'm in the business of wisdom transference to other generations. We are. Yay. Well, you know what? I did an interesting um, an exercise that I've used actually in some of my seminars as well for others is that when we journal about the decades and what we can learn from them, and you brought that up, it, it reveals so much. And sometimes we just don't do that retrospective. It's such a beautiful collective because it teaches us how we're transforming in our growing each decade. And so looking at this decade with so much light, and I feel it from you, it's just, it's just a beautiful kind of experience. And I love the word imagineering. Like, I want to continue imagineering. I mean, how cool is that you're putting that out there as a, as a possibility because it's it, it, it comes from a place of acceptance of where we've how we've transformed the past and how we're present to the right now as well as imagining without I mean we sometimes we have d- dark days and there's a lot of heart, sadness in the world so it's not something we can it, growing growing through it means also being with it and so there are days that we can't be hard on ourselves when things don't work out our way because things don't always yes. go our way. Absolutely. And any stage can reshape your understanding for sure. And I encourage people to not lose the art of conversation. Uh, I do take the opportunity to share some of my challenging thoughts, uh, times and some of my biggest mistakes, which usually are quite funny. Uh, but it's enough. Yeah, do you have a funny one? We always like a funny one. Uh, now my mind's gone blank (laughs) that's okay i didn't didn't give you prep for thinking about a funny mistake but you you know what if you think of one let me know we'll put it on our blog on the on your blog with uh, with your podcast and and is there anything else why we before we close in the next few minutes that you want to make sure you that you convey and then letting people know how to reach you absolutely your experience your knowledge bank and your ability to transfer this wisdom are essential assets particularly for persons as they age and life isn't over each and every day it offers you a chance to get in there have fun be curious and have some adventure 
I love that. I love it. Very concise and perfect. But how about how we reach you? I'd like you to say it verbally so people can hear your voice and then we'll have it in the blog. Oh, absolutely. Uh, LinkedIn's usually the best one. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Michelle St. Jane on LinkedIn. I'm across all the channels. So if you Google my name, you'll find me. Thank you. Wonderful. And is there and anything exciting about the book coming up that you wanted to mention? Because I know you're you're in the you're collecting, and we didn't touch on that just for the last moment. I know you're doing a collection, um, or you're part of a collection for global. Absolutely, Reason. yes. I was part of a book collaboration. Uh, but what I would share is I am I'm searching out living legends. This is age agnostic, but people who have had fabulous careers, fabulous life experiences, and have pivoted into something else. As I've shared on, with your audience, you know, I've gone from lawyer to podcaster uh, to now saving the planet with a startup. So in essence, Living Legends um, is going to be a book collaboration as well because there is not really adequate research and literature out there about the amazing lives ordinary people leave, lead. And each person has the opportunity to have extraordinary times in their lives. And I'd like to capture the learning and transfer that wisdom. And you mentioned women, but it sounds like also for men for global. My focus at the moment is on women. Uh, Yeah, I have to break it off manageable pieces. It it could well expand uh, because I'm sure like me, you've met some amazing men as well. The lives are great, but they have more of a podium than we do. My my vision is to to help women bring their unique voice and their message out into the world. And their stories matter. Their stories absolutely matter. And actually, you mentioned at the very beginning before we started recording that there's so much research on on whales or orca whales and the women. And is it the female whale? Absolutely. So there's this rich vein of focused research on post-reproductive females. How did I find this? Because I was trying to see what women were doing, who were examples I can emulate. So there is a population of 2,500 living in the eastern North Pacific Ocean and they're one of the most well-studied. And uh, a 2019 report documented the death of a grand matriarch at 105. These grand matriarchs, they lead pods of up to four generations. So what was documented was, again, that their ability to transfer their wisdom was a unique and essential asset. And also, they reminded me of values-led women leaders who are angel investors, executives, judges, mentors, philanthropists. Uh, in every, in every, um, every job category, you've got women who are offering gifts of incalculable value of transferring their, their wisdom. So I think the time has come. Let us grow into living legends, vivid visionaries, and share Uh, how we show up in the world. For me, I chose last year to go global and uh, share um, with some encouragement, and I'm really glad I did. And I I appreciate uh, the opportunity to serve and contribute. And I so appreciate the opportunity to have you discuss this incredible, incredible work you're doing. And I do hope you'll probably refer me to other living legends and people that are post-reproductive because the Open Nesters always wants more of those voices as well. Uh, so thank you so much for your time today, Michelle. I appreciate the value you put out in the world and absolutely I'm all about sharing. Before we summarize this interview with Michelle St. Jane, here is a preview 
from our next week episode with Revital Catriel and her daughter Michelle. I just I'm just so proud of my mom how it went the mentality went from wanting to fix to learning how helping can look very different and being able to ask uh, first is something that also it felt like you're when you when you ask mom you know when you ask me you know do you want me to listen or do you want my advice or like what can I do you're also allowing me to practice my own autonomy and that's a big that's a big piece too that I want to highlight which also has helped um, and shows me too because we were very enmeshed <laughs> together we definitely had like a codependent relationship with one another that's a it's a great example of somebody that can transform themselves at the openness stage I mean here it is a lawyer turn into podcaster and turn into someone that is about to save the planet and it is so refreshing to To, to hear this kind of voice. And collecting living legend stories. So anyone out there that knows someone, a woman that you hear from Michelle, who's doing this great pivot from a career to create a legend in her life of sustainability. I love this, this, this way that she calls it. And I don't know if I've ever heard it before, an imagineer. You know, I never, I never thought of myself in, in any framework of being an engineer. So, The fact that she wanted to interview me, and by the way, we will let you know in the blog uh, at the end of May, actually, Michelle will be putting my interview with her from her podcast that she found me, and we had an interview about relationships and openness and, and my able to hopefully transmit a legacy as well. So I love this interview because she brings up the ideal, idea of sustaining generations. Yeah. I, I don't know that I can actually uh, track my food Uh, for my uh, exactly uh, for the right food in real time uh, to, to tell you the truth I don't know that I can do exactly what she's uh, referring to but I really like the idea of growing through it or going through it there's two ways that you can do it you can just go through it and have no lesson in the experience or you can go grow through it and you learn something in the experience that is very profound for me I'm glad that that was the, the thing you took because there were so many aspects of this interview that people can take from it. I actually love this idea of the transferring wisdom and what we discussed kind of at the end about the orca whales and and the grand matriarchs who even in that have been studied and her doing this kind of research and us looking at ourselves as as matriarchs the women at the open nest stage that are transferring wisdom so that we serve as a model and not a martyr because our kids left the nest. And, and I truly hope that by you listening to this podcast, it will help Michelle at least a little bit uh, change the planet the way she's planning on it. And I think that she's on a mission, don't you think? Amen. Yes. <laughs> anyway, back to this planet and back to right now. Thank you for listening to this podcast and the Open Nesters in general. We truly appreciate it. We want to thank all of our audience for doing so. And please visit our website, theopennesters.com. That's theopennester, double in the middle, S at the end. And we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you know someone that actually can be part of our interview process. So let us know and leave us a comment. 
as you as you can. And all of Michelle's information is on our blog. So when you visit there, that would be fabulous. And you're the one that have made us one of the top relationship podcasts. And we so thank you and hope that you'll continue to share our podcast far and wide and be part of our community, especially our private Facebook page, uh, The Open Nesters. And make sure you get our friends to start liking more on Instagram and subscribe to the podcast because it's because of you that we get the word out to become open at this stage of life. So thank you, and until next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we will see you on the next episode. Ciao. You have been listening to the Open Nesters Podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive Producer, Tessa Crone. Music by Yoni Avi Patat. Audio engineering by Lucid Sound. Web design and blogs, PJ Ewing. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com.